Bigger than cakes. Give me some more silence. Welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach, and this week I'm joined by Angela, Matt, and Will, collectively Bigger Than Capes. How's everybody doing? Bigger Than Capes. <laughs> you saying it, Bigger Than Capes. I feel a bit bigger than I, Capes, yeah. I mean, I was doing okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, now I think I'm having a dissociative episode. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, doing very well, Zach of Bigger Than Capes. <laughs> Glad to hear it, Will yeah. Bigger Than Capes. Thank you. Anybody else want to weigh in? <laughs> I'm feeling bigger than capes. Um, yeah, I'm nothing. I'm nothing with that. No. <laughs> well, this has been a wonderfully weird start, hasn't it? Um, they always are. So. First things first, as they often say, um, we do need to announce, as we have announced on Twitter, but are now announcing to those of you who for some reason don't follow us on Twitter, um, (laughs) that we are going to be going fortnightly with our episodes. So if if you've been sat here for a week waiting for last Saturday's episode. As many millions have. Yeah, the, the millions and millions of capers who've been waiting. <laughs> Delicious yeah, millions and millions. Very on brand today. Is it? Well, I, yeah. You, you know. I mean, you've capers. mentioned bigger than capes about 15 times exactly, now. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's on brand. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. So yeah, we're going to be fortnightly because we're all crazy busy and um, at some point when we're less crazy busy, maybe we'll reevaluate. But for now, fortnightly. Yeah. Um, this is Bye the most anyone said fortnightly in a. I didn't want to say bi-weekly, Angela, because now Matt will weigh in about what oh. bi-weekly really means. That's why I deliberately mentioned. Uh, it. I know, and I. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm not sure this is the forum to discuss it for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be the after-podcast chat. That's the special, the late night, bigger than capes. The Patreon exclusive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dispute about what bi-weekly means. Yeah. Um, so, this episode, this is, this is going to be interesting. There's a reason when all four of us are here. Uh, We're going to be throwing out some recommendations intended for people who are new to comics or getting into comics in 2021. Um, If memory serves, this spiralled off from someone asking this question on Twitter and the realisation that everyone's answers are like, go read Sandman. Hey, have you read Saga? And that all the recommendations people make for new people getting into comics are kind of... 10 to 20 years out of date. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. 
Um, so we wanted to make some slightly more relevant suggestions. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, now you've said that, it, it dawns on me that one of mine started in 1977, so maybe, <laughs> maybe not completely up to date. Not but... Spawn, is it, Will? <laughs> Spawn's been with us since 1777. Yeah, feels like it. Right, is that King Spawn? <laughs> uh, no, that's Gunslinger Spawn. Spawn. <laughs> Could you imagine me recommending Spawn? Not to be recommended, not I to mean, be confused with She Spawn or. <laughs> It'd be a cruel joke. I think if Will recommends Spawn, we'll know that he's being held hostage somewhere and we'll have to stage <laughs> an intervention. Probably by feel... Todd, Todd McFarlane. I feel like we could easily turn this into a complaining about Spawn special, but I don't know what the audience is for that. No. It's clearly not with us. It's, it's selling super well in it, this new Spawn. Yeah. Uh, so they say. To be fair, I've not read it yet. Uh, you might be wrong and it might be good. I might be wrong, but I think the chance is so infinitesimally small that I'm not willing to find out. And let's let's point out, Matt, what are the chances that both me and Will are wrong? That's actually, I think the odds increase when we both agree. I was going to say, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think we generally <laughs> find that things are worse when we when we all like. Them. <laughs> yeah. Fact. So, with that in mind, we're going to be doing a, a recommendation of a series that has finished, presumably recently, or a series that was like a one. And did we done say the arc. last like? Did we say within like the last uh, five, three to five years? I, I believe both numbers have been mentioned. I don't know if we ever settled on which one. So three to five will do. Um, Stuck broadly within that yeah. concept. Yeah. yeah, I'm willing to extend if it's finished. In the time since Sandman ended, <laughs> it's more recent than a lot of people's. Hey, start with Sandman. It's more um, relevant. We Sandman all know was... you should start with books of magic. It introduces oh, you to Sandman. And Sandman's that... Sandman's relevant again. Yeah, there's an audio book and, and a Netflix show. And oh yeah, now I was more excited about the audio book. Um, Sandman is relevant again But in many ways hasn't Sandman always been relevant Not really, no <laughs> It's a good 20 year gap there Where it didn't really matter But hey um, Don't hear it anyway Seriously though, go read Sandman though, it is dope well, I was going to say, it was nice <laughs> having questions um, I think that's the first time I've, I've used dope As an actual <laughs> As a word in that, te- I don't know what I'm doing. I know, I do that occasionally. I think it's going to go well, and then I say it and realise, no, I'm, I am 33. There is a reason <laughs> that I don't use this word. That doesn't work for you. I, I, I use it I, far too often. I'm 30, though. I think I've got a couple of years of dope left. You absolutely don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Will. Always there to dash <laughs> my welcome. hopes. I think um, it's, it's tough love. Thanks. And it just... <laughs> Um, so we're going to do one finished series and one ongoing series, thus anchoring us in the modern era. Except we're... yeah, <laughs> yeah, certainly, as per usual. Um, make sure the episode doesn't run a million years. We, we're going um... gonna to have a buzzer that goes off after ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is there is a three minute timer, yep. and it will make a noise. This noise may or may not be. I, I was going to say, can you uh, demonstrate the noise? Would you like to hear the noise? I would. 
can hear it very well, considering Angela's wearing a headset. But yeah, I mean, I'll we, hold it up to the microphone. We, we, we could edit in the noise. There you go. There's a little bit of the noise. Good luck, listen. Good luck listening to that. <laughs> I think Matt might have had a, an excellent idea there, though, but just edit in a new noise after the fact. You may edit the noise. It, yeah, if that noise doesn't pick up well enough, I'll just edit in like a horrible, like air horn cut off noise. <laughs> I get it in a Wilhelm scream myself. Just you know. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, like get some good royalty-free, um, like the, yeah. Yeah. Now we've talked about it so much, I think you should just get short snippet clips from the 90s Spawn movie. Oh, just him yelling Wanda. <laughs> In honour. Oh, God, Spawn. Um, and on that um, note... Yes. William, would you like to get us kicking with this? What? I'll get us underway. So <laughs> I don't know what that... Would you like to get us kicking? It's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty dope. Get us kicking, Will, yeah? Once I've, once I've talked, I know I've done a good job if the audience are just kicking frantically <laughs> and randomly. I think, just, God, I really, really got these guys kicking. I was going to say, so, I, I was expecting Zach to be like the Beastie Boys and just us to get like, kick it! Uh, <laughs> coming in. Yeah. It would be too high an octane for what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to live up to that hype. That's what I'm saying. So, so I will get on with it. Are you ready? Yeah, hang on. Ready as I'll ever be. Yeah, ready. Let's do it. So the book I have picked is Sentient from TKO Studios. It's written by Jeff Lemire. The art is by Gabriel Walter. The letters are by Steve Wands. It's edited by Sebastian Gurner. The title and cover design design by Jared K. Fletcher, and the book design is by Jeff Powell. Uh, This is a one-volume OGN uh, made up of six issues. The reason that I am recommending this book, first and foremost, it's written by Jeff Lemire, who I think is amongst the current day's best comic writers, and this book is absolutely no exception. The story is about a colony ship leaving a Uh, somewhat destroyed Earth, to land on a new planet when all of the adults in the ship are killed by a separatist who has an agenda against the Earth government. And it is left to the kids and the AI on the ship to uh, continue their journey. uh, And they bump into all sorts of mishaps and adventures on the way. The art by Gabriel Walter is exceptional i think from the just the basic pencil line to the design work of the ship of the machinery all of the characters uh, look individual and easily recognizable the kids look like kids i say that because it, it's a surprise that kids always look like kids sometimes they look like 45 year olds in tiny tiny faces yeah but this is excellent kid drawing uh the coloring is also really really great it's a very muted um slightly washed out palette uh, but it along with the art gives a very uh, big sense of sort of loneliness and emptiness uh, these kids aboard this spaceship gliding through space oh no I'm eating up my own time <laughs> Ooh. Oh, a minute left ah, also with the art 
I think that it is never unclear. It's never difficult to read. And I think if you are a new reader, it's really important to be able to follow what you later learn are the basic tropes of comics. But sometimes uh, people take the piss, quite frankly, and some comics are just hard to read. But this flows very well. I think being a self-contained six-issue story means you can get it all in one go. It's a, a pretty fast read. It's quite a breezy read. Um, but you're not going to be tied into a massive run. You don't have to know anything from before. You can buy it as an oversized trade, or you can buy it in a nice collector's box with the six individual issues between Jeff Lemire being ace, Gabriel Walter being ace, and this book being ace. Uh, you should buy this book. Sounds pretty ace. Now. <laughs> there we go. Three minutes impressive work i don't know what you're going to fill that gap with it's hard to edit out out that out now isn't it Ah, i'm going to commit to it commit to the gap what if people have got their own time running at home just to check we weren't you know (laughs) like the the royal rumble clock yeah what if it's like the rumble (laughs) clock and 90 seconds can be as long or as short as they decide (laughs) uh i know we did sentient previously but I think it's great, and I think it's great for, for newbies. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'd say that's a, a pretty good um, starting choice, honestly. I don't want to go on much more. I've, ha- I've had my three. Um, and I think you've, you've pretty much nailed it. I think you've said a lot of what is the good stuff about Sentient. Um, solid choice, Will. Thanks. Yeah. Approved. Thumbs up. Um, so I think that means it's on to uh, on to me. It's on to you. Three, Three minutes is a short time, buddy. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the book that I'm recommending um, for new starters is um, the Nameless City uh, series uh, by Faith Erin Hicks, with uh, colours by Jordi Belair. So, like, it was it was originally going to be um, when we rebooted as uh, Big Than Capes and we did our recommendations back then um, for a single book about a taste. Uh, this was going to be mine. It was my runner-up. Um, so, it's 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 uh, it's heavily like Avatar um, inspired, and it wears that wonderfully. Like, it's kind of take the take like the Bar Sing Say um, arc, like where you just have this absolutely huge like walled city um like like metropolis that that is just this cultural hub um and unlike barsing say that has never been conquered um the nameless city is called such because to the people who live there it's 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 conquered all the time like it passes hands between um different like rising and falling empires and uh, nations and warlords um so its own identity has kind of been lost um over the over the centuries um it has its own peoples but it's it's a melting pot um and the the most recent um invaders are the dao um, who are who have moved in and are kind of attempting to kind of break this this trend 
um, or of like of it passing and their um, try like we 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 follow uh, Kai, uh, Kaidu uh, whose dad um, is like a diplomat attempting to um, to kind of build peace and consensus. Um, and uh, Kaidu befriends one of the city's, um, like one one of the the city's inhabitants, a girl, like a street girl uh, named Rat, um, who is pretty cool. Um, like, but unlike Avatar, which kind of had the restrictions of being on like an, on like Nickelodeon and network television, it's kind of freer to explore things a little, like certain things a little more openly, like. Um, you know, it, it has pretty solid like representation, um, like LGBTQ stuff, um, like lots of varying character designs, um, shapes, sizes, um, like gen- uh, genders, races. It's it's great, and plus there's some really good fights and explosions. <laughs> Bravo! Another perfect three minutes. Oh shit! It's three volumes. There we go. <laughs> That's getting cut. That's not. You're not getting that bit of information. Sorry, that was. To know. That, that's my penalty. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we'll we'll allow, you know, at least ten seconds either way. Oh, well, will we? We will. <laughs> I've decided. I'm just redrawing the rules as we go. I've got to say though, Matt, I've not read it, and uh, you've sold it to me. Uh, sort of more avatar-like fantasy is uh people at the moment want like there's been a big renaissance for like people like discover uh rediscovering or discovering avatar for the first time Mm -hmm. um and it's a book that i would like tell anyone who has who's got that sort of like oh this book this this cartoon's really cool like um to go and look at like it's it's great into it into it yep 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 still only read the first one but i should read the rest yeah you should I, i can lend them to you it's nice to know it's three volumes as well like that is a manageable amount of comics yeah yes yeah definitely yeah it doesn't overstay its welcome yeah hmm that's a good point. All right, does this mean it's me? It means yes. it's you. Yes. Yes, you it voted does. third, so. I did. You okay. so. third. <laughs> I chose this. All right, uh, when does my timer start? When, whenever you say start, the timer will start. Okay, I'm ready. I'm good. Let's go. So, my pick is uh, Beckstar from Mad Cave. Oh, sweet. Uh, it is sweet. It's written by Joe Corallo. It's uh, arted by Lorenzo Colangelli with cover art by Sweeney Boo. Lettered by Joe Met Gill. Edited by Chris Fernandez. And with book design by Miguel Angel Zapata. Not sure why I'm wasting time going through every single member of the creative team, but here we are. Basically, Beckstar is a kind of space adventuring type tale in the traditions of like you know star wars or star wars the other three or star wars the other other three um 
but with kind of a almost an Indiana Jones-esque level to it. Basically, in the past, a group of four thieves, essentially, have all come across artifacts. So Bexter herself has a look dagger. Uh, Lord Mordecai, previously just regular Mordecai, the bad guy, has a consumption amulet. And then the um, Zanisa, who has a creation gauntlet. And um, what's-his-face, who has the... Um, clavoyance rod which he then passes on to paprika so paprika can get beckstar's help to find anisa to protect the creation gauntlet before lord mordecai can get it and beckstar's got a really cool friend called sally sulin and uh it's it's super pretty it's got kind of really really cartoony art style but it really works even I think emotions really well conveyed despite being so cartoonish and um it's got a nice kind of layer of neon coloring over a lot of it which i'm super into it's it might not be the best science fiction book i could recommend but i think it is the most fun one um it's just real real good and i was surprised I, we talked about the first issue and i didn't expect it to stay so consistently good but it does. So, um, yeah, it's just Beckstar, guys. Any questions? You've got 40 <laughs> seconds to fill it, so feel free. Um, there's a robot enforcer guy called Oscar who's robot-y, and um, there's, there's magic and space and constant references to uh, the prequel trilogy, the best Star Wars, as we've all come to agree as time has gone on. <laughs> Do not defy the council master. Not again. Feel. Don't think. Use your instincts. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Why are you trying to make me not like you? <laughs> like we're supposed to be friends. I, I, there was time to go and I didn't have anything left to say other than stuff. You were banished because you were clumsy? Uh, well, that's a great recommendation for a good book and also the Star Wars prequel trilogy. <laughs> Unfortunately, all those quotes were from Phantom Menace, so if we can record that again and I'll throw in some Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah well, then he got sand. Yeah, sand, I was going to say. What else yes. is quotable about that? But no, yes. Beckstar is really good. It's a fun science fiction ride. Yeah, as you say, we picked up the first issue for the roundup, and yeah, I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed I think that. We were all then. surprised by sort of how um, how good it was at the time. Yeah, it's one of those. I mean, they're, both of my books are sci-fi. It's a big thing in comics; like they're everywhere. But because there's so many of them, sometimes it can be hard to nail down those really good ones. Yes, Beckstar is not something that's getting a lot of advertisement. I don't think it's reaching a lot of people, so I think that's an excellent recommendation. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I, I didn't even realise it had finished, so I'll have um, to. It finished last month, and the trade comes out in November. Brilliant. I'm going to have to get it. Yeah, keep my eyes out for that. Yep. So that brings yep. us that's... to Angela. I control the timer, so this could be fun <laughs> for last, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Huh, so thought about that is, <laughs> you are working on Royal Rumble time, whilst the rest of us weren't. Pretty much. No, I shall be good. I shall be good. Um, 
yes. I just need to get all the things because I need the list of the people what did write it and art it and such. Okay, I'm going to start. I honestly, if you want to watch me press the button, you can do. <laughs> I think we tried. Okay. My pick is Carmen, um, published by Image. The story and art is by Gwilym March. The colour assistant is Tony Lopez. And it's translated, because it wasn't originally English, by Dan Christensen. So, Carmen basically is the story of a young woman, Kata, who unfortunately has decided to commit suicide. And Carmen is the strange, otherworldly creature, if you will, um, who looks like a living skeleton or looks like she's wearing a Halloween costume and also has pink hair, who has come to guide Katya to the other side, as it were, and reflect on her life. And it's it's five issues, um, and that's basically how it goes. Um, there's all kinds of things that go on within those issues as Katya sort of wanders as... Um, a ghost within the world that she was once a part of. Um, But the real selling point is it's a really, really, really pretty book. Um, The art in it is just, it's superb every single time um, in the way that it's just designed. I mean, there's a whole bit in issue five that's like really M.C. Escher style um, where we have a glimpse into the world that Carmen's come from. there's flashbacks that Katya gets, um, just the way that she soars over these beautiful cityscapes. It's just a really pretty book. You don't even have to read the story, although you should, but even if you just flicked through and looked at the pictures, you would get something out of it because it's just really, really well put together. Even things like on the character design, Carmen's got sort of like freckles that look like blood spatter. And things like that. In terms, it's really emotional as well because obviously, Katya basically, you're never sure whether it was suicide or just a cry for help. Um, and it's really quite sad. Um, and she realizes the impact that her life had on others. Um, so it's quite a personal book on that level. Um, but it's it's well worth reading because it's it's a really good story. It's a really pretty book. Um, But yeah, I don't have much else to say. It was originally published in Spanish and it's also available in French. The trade does not come out in English until February in hardcover, even though the last issue came out in July. Make of that what you will. Um, But hopefully it'll be really pretty hardcover and that'll be very nice um because like i say it's just a really nice book and it if you want to get into comics because of art then this is a really good way of exploring the beauty that comics can have within their art so there you are that's my first recommendation done hey i am i i definitely second this it's a really good book it, it scared me this earlier today where I saw somewhere that had this solicited to come out in May, which I am not a fan of. <laughs> no. Um, real, real pretty and really, really good. So um, I, I agree with Angela. Angela is correct. I, would like, I yeah. would like to third that. Again, another one I remember doing the first issue in the roundup. Yeah. And yeah, the thing that stuck with me is how incredible it looked. And there's some really interesting panelling in that first yeah, issue. And there is. The way the kind of, well, in inverted commas, <laughs> inverted commas, like camera sort of moves around the scene, your viewpoint, I suppose, is probably a better way of saying yeah. it. It was super interesting. Um, 
I've really looked forward to that trade as well. Another great recommendation. Yeah, all the spaces in that book are so cleverly put together. Everything feels like, you know, a skilled like architect has kind of figured out how to build the panel structure. Like they've, you know, like blueprint, like, like the book is sort of a house that's being built. Hmm. It's, yeah. Yeah. Like it, it feels like a, a, a living space. I, I, yeah, very much recommend it. There we go. Superb. So that's all of our finished items. Yes. They were good. They were all good. I I would, yeah, I'd I'd agree. Otherwise, I wouldn't have recommended them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Someone's got an attitude. I'm sorry. A good variety Um, there as well, I think. There's different types of stuff all put forward. Yeah, like yes. it, it's yeah, you know, it's all um, it's 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 the thing with with comics that uh, that it's very easy to forget um, is that comics are a medium bigger than capes. <laughs> yeah, they're yes. a medium, not a genre. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because um, it's like I remember uh, where did I read it? Like once talking about like. Um, uh, comics and it was saying like imagine if like rather than superhero comics um it had been like comics uh, about like nurses and like that had taken off and everyone was still going on about um alan moore's incredible nurse comic um and like nurse comics are all that existed it, it's the same like that like that the, the 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 sense of like the stifling kind of presence of like a of a of a genre that is seen as the medium. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Um, when... to the nurse of tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I, can I get Alan Moore's nurse comic? Is that? Oh, I mean, it'd be interesting at least. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something that's probably like folded into um, as it Jerusalem. That was that oh. novel he wrote. That's oh, like God. a cinder block. In... Yeah. Yeah. The fucking biggest thing i've ever seen like and i you know I, i've read some pretty hefty hefty tomes um in in my day but like J- jerusalem i find intimidating it's an arm breaker yeah so with that all put to bed yeah on to our on goers our on goers, and I am on going first. Um, <laughs> then on go already. Yes. <laughs> already distracted by how fucking nonsense all of that has been. So, my ongoing when Angela is. I'm ready. Oh, God, it's happening. Uh, my <laughs> ongoing series is from Image Comics and is The Silver Coin. Uh, Silver Coin is. A anthology series so whilst every issue has been drawn by michael walsh so far the issues have been written by i'm going to try and do these in order chip zadarsky ed brisson 
already fucked this up. Kelly Thompson, Jeff Lemire, and Michael Walsh himself. Not in that order, but it gives a shit. Um, it was originally meant to be a five-issue run and then done, but has been extended. So we've got issues coming up from Rom V, Josh Williamson, Matthew Rosenberg, and Vita Ayalia. Basically, it's a horror anthology following the titular silver coin um, and its history, because it has kind of, you know, caused chaos and terrible horrors as it's progressed from one owner to the next. The issues aren't in chronological order all the time, so sometimes there will be things that kind of reference something that's already happened and like tie together the previous issues, which is super cool. But in this first trade, we get um, like a monkey paw, wish fulfillment kind of horror, uh, a slasher, like supernatural horror, weird future horror, and then like a witch hunt, witch trials type story. Um, It's kind of a whistle-stop tour of horror. And if you're into horror comics, this is going to have something you're going to be into, if not many things. and even if you're not, I think the amount of talent involved, like if you read this and you're into like Jeff Lemire's issue, run wild because go read some Jeff Lemire. If you're into Brisson, go read some Ed Brisson or Kelly Thompson, Chip Zdarsky. I think it's just a good intro to the world of comics because it gives you so many creatives to have a little little 22-page, 24-page sample of mm. Um if you're not into Michael Walsh's art, that might be an issue. Um, <laughs> but it's good, so you should be. Um, <laughs> if you're not into horror, I guess that might also be a, a, an issue. If you don't like, like you know, maggots in people's eyes or people burning to death or that kind of stuff. I mean, we're different people, clearly. But, but yeah, I think this is a good jumping on point for horror, for getting into a lot of artists. No, a lot of writers and an artist. So, yeah, the silver coin. You're welcome. Nothing on that screen there, Angela. You're just showing me. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. That's, that's me. I'm good. Yeah. That's good. Right, there you but go. Questions, please. I will say that you said, like, if you're not into horror comics. I'm not into horror comics, and I still like the silver coin, so... All right. Or if you are, yeah. if you're into horror comics or not into horror comics, oh, shut up and read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really interesting that it's a revolving door of writers. When you get these things, it's yeah. almost always the artist who comes and goes. Yeah. And uh, I think that's pretty fascinating. And as you say, a really good route way into like, immediately a bunch of modern, uh, yeah, like contemporary writers that have loads of other works. Yeah, and, and I think especially so, like, especially with people coming up like Rom V, who's killing it on everything at the moment, and Matthew Rosenberg, who's got another image series about to start, Josh Williamson, who's great at horror, Vita Ayali, who I don't think I've read any horror by, but I'm willing to let it happen. Um, I think there's potential. I'm yeah. looking forward. This was going to be my um, finished, and then they've made it an ongoing, so, you know. <laughs> having to roll with the punches <laughs> it's, it's cool though because like we don't get enough anthologies um in in comics like 
You might think otherwise if you listen to a few of mine and Zach's podcasts, where it seems to be all we <laughs> talk about. <laughs> um, I mean, it's more of a thing now than it was a few years ago. Like, we get them in, you know, in the UK, we've got, you know, 2000 AD. Um, but, like, it's nice. I, I always think it's it's kind of a, a nice, like, venue for uh, for people to get to tell stories. Like, for, well, for new talent. Um, mm. often but also for just for people to get to tell stories that they otherwise like otherwise don't to to get to kind of experiment outside of a usual sort of expected genre um for them um so i always like appreciate a good uh, anthology like it's why i've um been real like why i'm always really happy with the work of like um of uh spike trapman um doing yes. like the like as a as like a an, an anthology editor mm. um like they put together a lot of really cool and interesting stuff um from like such an interesting like and and diverse range of um of creative voices um so yeah yeah um more anthologies i agree yeah please more of those so angela would you like to uh i would yes so my ongoing is time before time which is published by image the writers are declan shelvey and rory mcconville the artist is joe palmer the colorist is chris o'halloran and the letterer one of my favourites, Hassan Otsmain Elahu. So, Time Before Time is about uh, Tatsu, who works for the Syndicate. The Syndicate are a group, criminal group, let's be honest, who, for a price, will relocate you to a period in time if you have to run away from your life, your responsibilities, any of that. So for a price, they'll relocate you. Tatsu's been doing this for a while. Um, the longer he does it, um, the more credits he gets to get his own sort of, you know, his own restart in the time zone. Uh, timeline? Timeline. That would be a better word. Anyway, he gets mixed <laughs> up with an FBI agent called Nadia, who when they end up sort of going through time into a different time period um, where they have... Uh, interactions with the union who are the arch enemies of the syndicate um so the reason i'm recommending it is time travel is a staple in comics as a genre but this is really clever in that it combines the world building with the character development in one so see i don't want to say too much about the plot because it would spoil it and i think it's well worth just reading it just so like oh that character crops up here and that character is important here and there is, there's all sorts of different things like i said the world building is integral to the character development and vice versa so i don't want to say too much about that but um there's also um really really good art it's quite stylized in its own sort of way there's little touches that are quite nice so each of the time periods does feel like its individual time period um it's there's not a lot of detail sometimes in the backgrounds but you don't need it all the character designs are really clever you can tell the time travelers because they end up with black spots on their faces which is a nice little touch um but yeah it's just really really cool art it fits the story really really well um 
and yeah like i say it evokes the different time periods really well be it a dystopian future or the past where one relocated child is disappointed to learn that uh, wi-fi hasn't been invented yet so that's (laughs) that's the first issue and i love it dearly um it is a book as well that sort of I think you'll get more out of the more you read it. It's one of those that you start issue one and it's interesting, pulls you in. But by issue five, you're really invested and it's great to sort of just read it and discover things as you go along. And it's one of the best time travel books that I have read in the last three to five years, uh, <laughs> which is, yeah, just this year. So there you go. Time before time. Read it. I'm now out of time and I'm done. Um. A second Angela choice that I, I completely agree with. Um, it's just really good. <laughs> it is really good. I mean, as you said, time travel is that staple. But the that twist on it, that it's, it, it's solely a criminal enterprise, this idea that these gangs don't own territory, they own like time, time periods. periods, is just super cool. And it still gives you that like human story as well like it's not all about the big picture it's also about like like people's lives and um yeah i've i've also been enjoying time after time a lot yeah i should add it's currently five issues in a trade coming out soon and the sixth issue is a standalone set in the same world but it's all linked in the funny thing is the next trade actually comes out in 1997 (laughs) yeah it's um interesting because it's like it's a book that sounds like i would actually quite like it but like i've not heard anyone other than you guys like remotely talk about it everyone else is wrong yeah Um, everyone else is wrong everyone should i am surprised actually it's not got more traction in the wider world because it is a really really good book especially when so it's declan shelby and his previous book uh bog body seems to get quite a lot of attention and like his artwork for like Injection, Moon Knight, other such books always seem to get really positive responses. So I'm surprised that this yeah. hasn't been as talked about. Yeah, I don't know why it's not been. To me, this is one of the best books that Image is putting out as an ongoing at the moment, and I don't know why it's not being pushed more. I, it might be that I'm just looking in the wrong places. No, because having said that, because I'm thinking of, you know, scrolling through endless social media and I don't see it mentioned that much. I have to ask, this sounds like both of you are not completely looking at um, at Bigger Than Capes or biggerthancapes.com. I mean, um, I'm writing I all am. the reviews for Time Before Time on Bigger Than Capes. I'm pushing this book. That's, as why as I as said, that's why I said anyone else talking about it. All right. I've been been trying to get people to read it for months. If we're talking about great books and no one else is, then we're doing our purpose. That's right. That's why we're here, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's why we uh, did this to ourselves. But yeah, so I I will uh, get started on uh, my ongoing uh, book. Yep. So... I am going to talk uh, uh, to you about a manga. Uh, yes, that's right, viewers or listeners. Um, something uh, from uh, well, from um, Shonen Jump, actually. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about uh, Mashal, um, Magic and Muscles, um, that is 
basically like it's it's sort of one punch man uh meets harry potter but like if harry potter was good um like so the it's it's set in your sort of um magical fantasy world where everyone has uh has magic it's a gift from god um and uh, everyone has like a birthmark that indicates their sort of magical potential um and um the our main character mash burner dead um is born um like without magic um and as such like if he is ever discovered um he will be uh like will be executed um for uh, his lack of uh this divine gift um so his uh his grandfather has kept him hidden out in the woods um but the the thing is Ma- mash is mash is real tough he's a he's a big strong boy um and uh eventually he um he he himself is is in the sort of one punch man sort of mold like basically um in in almost invincible like um he he is so so strong and tough um that like all of these situations that everyone else would approach with magic he he sol- resolves with um his incredible physical um abilities like he's he eventually has to uh, through various circumstances um enroll in the like in disguise as someone with magic in the magical school um this leads to situations such as him um having to pretend to have magic in like the broom flying class uh by uh throwing the broom like a javelin um and jumping on it like running fast enough to jump on it in midair um there's a quidditch sort of there's a quidditch like game um where he jumps so high into the air that he appears to be flying with the broom between his legs and fl- and like quickly moves his legs and flaps his arms um fast enough that he stays uh in the air it's good it gets it's sto- it, it, it's not just a comedy it moves into sort of a have a serious plot at the moment it's great it's got some really good ongoing stuff and i'm done and i've run out of time and i've barely told you anything <laughs> <laughs> um fuck what a self-aware finish (laughs) i think you told us quite a lot actually matt i but not what i really not what i really wanted to tell you yeah but you said the bit about quidditch and the broom and flapping his arms and all that i mean that would get me to read it yeah i bought into it definitely Um, and much like I keep saying, I, I do agree with Matt on this. This is this is good manga. Yeah, it's like it's silly and weird. It's like it's not it's not as good as some of One Punch Man, but like when it actually gets to show its to show its heart, it's yeah. really very like it it it's it's it has some emotional gut punches that you really kind of don't expect from it in the same way that like that um that you know to to say it again uh one punch man um does like i don't think it ever hits quite sort of like the moomin rider deep sea king um moment for sheer sort of like emotional 
um, gut punch. But it, it's not without its its pathos and its catharsis. Do you think it's a, uh, an easy read for new people to make? I, I really do. Like, it's, I think it's incredibly approachable. Um, mm. Like, it doesn't, like, it, it, it manages to really sort of create, like, a, a welcoming environment. It, it builds its world very quickly. Um, and it doesn't expand. Even though it's in kind of like well-worn territory for at least some of its stuff, like mm. it, it does, it, it at the same time doesn't expect you to know everything it's talking about. Um, like, so it, it it's not hand-holdy, but it it's, it doesn't like I say it doesn't expect you to to just look at it and and know everything. Um, so it's it's really sort of quite quite approachable i'd i'd say i would agree with matt excellent thank you yay a sentence you don't hear a lot i agree it's very <laughs> rare uh who's next next and last i believe is me so angela i'm re- i'm ready with the button you're ready okay yeah i'm ready Okay, and go. So ready. Okay, so my ongoing choice, uh, I'll be straight with you, I've cheated, it's two choices. It is 2000 AD and the Judge Dredd magazine. Yeah! Uh, As where 2000 AD is weekly, the Judge Dredd magazine is monthly. Uh, They're both anthology series. The thing they have in common is they always feature a Dredd story. Uh, The other stories tend to be um, either... Stories set within kind of Mega City One or the Dread World, uh, things like <clears throat> Anderson's Side Division and uh, Strontium Dog. But some stories are completely independent. They tend to be sort of sci-fi or horror or uh, some sort of action adventure. Some of them can be as short as a single page, but some will last for seven or eight installments across issues. Um, Highlights so far have been Dreadnoughts, which covers the like early creation of the judges working on alongside the existing police force. Mm. Uh, Stickleback, which is like a steampunk fantasy about a criminal mastermind in a magical Victorian London. Um, Megatropolis, which is like a 1920s reimagining of Mega City One, all Art Deco themed. And 2000 AD Regen, uh, which are complete issues based at sort of all ages reading um, and always have a cadet dread story with him and his brother Rico in the academy. Oh, nice. I started collecting 2000 AD at 2200, uh, issue 2200, and I now am up to 2254. And from the Judge Dread magazines from 424, I'm now at 437. The Dread, magaz- Dread magazines uh, tend to come with lots of extra stuff like uh, sort of mini graphic novels or I've now got a 10-piece Dread universe encyclopedia. The art is, like the stories, is incredibly varied. Uh, there are too many creators to, uh, to, to list because it would be all of them. Um, the Dread stories do make up part of a single 
continuity that started in 1977. Yeah. Uh, unlike some of the others, it's never reset and everybody sort of ages in tandem. Um, for example, there have been several different chief judges who have come and gone and all seem to have their own kind of agenda and change the world around them. The independent stories are just that. You can sort of pick them up wherever. Uh, what I did when I first bought the my one off the shelf in my local Tesco is that uh, when I like the stories enough, I just backdated to the first sort of jumping on issue where these these particular stories have started. And I've just carried on from that point. Um, and I think it is great for new and old readers alike. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, world. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more um, about like it's su- again like I mean, there's always kind of a th- th- there can always be kind of a worry when recommending someone like an ongoing anthology like 2000 AD um, mm-hmm. that like it'll be like well. You know what? What about this story that's been going on that they they'll have no idea um, what's going on in? But it's like that's that's kind of exciting in its own way as a new reader, just like seeing like because you'll have at least like there's almost always in uh, 2000 AD like like one new story, like totally new um, starting yeah. sort of in most issues um mm. like to to kind that 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 makes it approachable enough mm-hmm. um to someone with no like with no sort of um knowledge of any of it like so I, i'm never worried in quite that regard um with it and I, like sorry go on Sorry, buddy. I was just going to say, I've, I've had absolutely no problem kind of jumping into Dread. The stories tend to be a bit more self-contained because they're all focused more or less on Dread and a fairly small cast of other characters. Yes. You don't have that like spider web effect that some of the other universes do where they, they're stepping on each other's toes and things are sort of spread mm-hmm. a bit too thin. Um, I think this is kind of more concise and a bit more iterative as well. Like each story is a self-contained little thing yeah tends to tends to just add all, to the greater they all, world. and they all build together over time like yeah. very little for no reason um Absolutely. like yeah and it's and and like one thing with like the the dread stuff in particular is it's such a good balance of like weird comedy um and just absolute just like despair yeah it's Um, it's satire of both like politics and of sort of ultra violence i mean at the end of the day like dread is part of a fascist regime yeah and doesn't have any doubts about that he's not the sort of character from the inside going maybe we're wrong here no, he's he's absolutely all for it, and you sort I of mean, have to swallow the that pill. That you're... The, the interesting thing is, like, we dealt with kind of like dread having doubts decades ago. Yeah, and like kind of moved past some he's of over that. Over it now, <laughs> like because do you remember when he was going to retire? Um, it was like sort of before my consistent reading time. Oh yeah, like I mean, I think I mainly was able to read it in things like the. Uh, 
the complete case files mm-hmm. um or like a uh, or like a mega epic sort of collection um from my old like local library um but like one of the one of the most fun things you'll find if you read 2000 AD um is that you get to start talking the absolute nonsense um like 2000 AD specific um like vocab um you'll start referring to comic uh, to, to 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 comics as progs yeah um progs and and yeah um and you'll never kind of be accepted in normal society ever again. <laughs> Same of course, what's way. wrong with Matt? Yeah, you'll be <laughs> you'll be cast out into the cursed earth. Um, it's yeah, like, but it's worth it. I, I swear. <laughs> it's, I, there's uh, a recommendation for you, children. Become a social it, outcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut this, but I'm sorry. As soon as Will said jump into dread, my brain immediately <laughs> just started playing the words jump into dread over step into Christmas. I, um, I knew you were about to say step into Christmas. <laughs> jump into dread, master. Jump into dread, master. Jump into dread, master. Jump into dread, <laughs> yeah, step into step into ISO. Um, <laughs> oh man, my brain. <laughs> God, we're gonna give you like six years in the cubes in the cubes for that. <laughs> Littering eight years in the cube. Oh, dread. Oh, dread. Oh, oh right, you're just making fun of me now. <laughs> Would we do it that? Was- was fine when we were making fun of Will. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I draw the line. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that brings us largely to the end of... Are we this... going to do honourable mentions? I think we should do honourable mentions. Yeah. Matt, would you like to honourably mention something? Um, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I, I'll just give one for like each um, category I was going to do. Uh, like, so musical comedy, musical yeah, yeah. comedy, uh, a comic musical, um, a light operetta. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, for like my ongoing, um, I was I almost ended up doing um, a spy a spy X family. Um, which is like I, I really kind of because we don't talk about manga very often, um, and they're they're ones that we've not talked about on the podcast. Um, Spy X Family is really cool. It's just a like post uh, post World War Two like um Ber- like old like like Ber- like like post World War Two Berlin set like spy. Um, story about like a family that has to build a well like a fake family that has to be put together for a spy mission that accidentally ends up including a um like a, a, a like the world's greatest spy um one of the world like 
his fake wife, uh, who he doesn't know is the world's greatest assassin, um, his fake child, who um, is the result of a science program that, that allows her to read people's minds, um, and their dog uh, that they eventually get, who um, only the daughter knows can see the future. This um, sounds like a Kyle Starks book. It's 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 mm. good, um, and it's got a lot of heart. Uh, my um, concluded book was going to be another um, all ages book. It's technically kind of cheating um, because it's not really finished, but it's been so long since we got another volume, and mm. considering how frequent they were before i don't know if we're ever going to get the conclusion um like and that's fantasy sports like i've taught like by sam bosma um i've talked about this book before i mentioned it again as like a hey i almost recommended this um it's just a weird like it's 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 kind of like a it's a fantasy story that's like a, a weird like hey you know how in um like manga, like sports manga, the sport is the most important thing in the whole world, um, and everyone cares about it to the exclusion of everything else. Um, let's kind of do that in a fantasy setting where it kind of makes sense. Like dungeon, like um, dungeon raids usually seem to end up with you having to fight the guardian, like boss of the dungeon, in some sort of sport. Uh, like like magical sport. Um, the first volume is about basketball uh, against a lich. Um, the second is about beach volleyball against a town of fishmen. Um, and the third is about um, golf against a weird um, monster king. Uh, and the art is gorgeous and has like this kind of like the, the these really warm colors everything mm. about this book is just like e- even when there's danger like you know people's arms get broken and stuff but it never doesn't feel kind of cozy i i agree with that i think fantasy sports is a really good read yeah so and, those are my those yeah. are my like honorable uh honorable mentions uh zach ah shit nah. um, i mean yes me um my honourable mentions, I, I've i got quite a lot. Fantasy long Sports! It's uh, Fantasy Sports 2. No, I, I'm going to boil this down because I, I did make quite a long list. Um, so for, like, finished things, it was really close to being uh, Alice in Leatherland from Black Mask, and it is by Yolanda Zanfadino and illustrated by Lisa Romboli. It is basically the story of a woman who writes fairy tales and is convinced by her friend to move to San Francisco after breaking up with her terrible ex. And when she gets there, she tries to look for love in San Francisco whilst trying to write her fantasy story, no, her fairy tale story, which kind of mirrors her real life experiences and is just pretty perfect. It's got really strong like lgbtq plus representation um it's all done in a kind of i guess kind of almost rosy pink kind of coloring but it's really real pretty um 
just really good, really good comics. And it's just, just nice. And yeah, definitely yeah. a good jumping on point. Um, so yeah. And we didn't have any romantic comedy rep- uh, recommendations. So go check that out. If you're not into sci-fi or horror or sci-fi horror or, <laughs> or horrific sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as for kind of ongoing things, um, I immediately stepped away from recommending Homesick Pilots because it's awesome. I think it would be good for new readers, but I've, I, I talk about it like every 25 minutes, whether people ask or not. Uh, and was going to go with something I haven't mentioned much this year, which is Money Shot. We're about 15 oh, yeah. issues in now, and much like Sex Criminals before it, I think it is going to speak to people who, you know, want comics that do things that no other medium easily can. Um, And it's basically about a group of scientists who, to fund their um, space travel, you know, set up their own porn site and make porn with aliens. And it's funny and it's ridiculous and it's great. And... I think it's, it is really accessible for people who aren't into comics. It's had two really good artists so far, and it's it's just good stuff. Yeah, again, it's a book that's, like, really quite funny. Um, like, does something that you might not kind of... If, if you're not, like, a regular sort of comics reader, you might yeah. not kind of expect to see in comics... Or anywhere, really. (laughs) Uh, But no, that's two things that I would definitely recommend to people, and especially people looking for something weirder in comics. Um, Okay, Money Shot is weirder than Alice in Leatherland, but hey. Yeah. Um, Angela, Will, you guys got some things you want to throw out? I mean, I can rattle mine off. Mine are quite quite boring, to be honest. Um, There's a reason I I ended up in the... In, in the in the bin fire um the other complete series if you're looking for something a bit longer than a single volume something to get your teeth stuck into uh my consideration was for east of west i don't mm. think it's a book which has been underserved in terms of its uh marketing mm. so not not to say that it's not sort of within our purview but it, it's uh, it's been spoken about a lot but it's a western with sci-fi with biblical apocalypse all thrown into one. It's uh, Jonathan Hickman's traditionally weaving and quite complicated plot lines. Um, very like sprawling, loads of characters, loads of different twists and turns and intrigue. And uh, it is complete over 10 volumes, I think. Yeah, and um, it, I mean, so that sounds right. something to read in trade. There's yeah. not a better writer for trade reading than jonathan hickman like reading anything of his like you kind of almost always want to do it after it's finished yeah i think his the seeds that he lays early on if you're reading things month to month are quickly forgotten between between one read and the next um my choice then for ongoing i guess a bit complicated because in the world of (laughs) of indie comics things don't always get (laughs) extended runs and seem to just sort of come and go so I don't know if this is still ongoing or not. My pick was going to be uh, Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man. Yeah, I'm not sure what the situation is with that. I am. 
Um, Go on. So we had Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man, um, which was like the sequel to The Wrong Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are currently getting, I think, the second volume of The Wrong Earth at the moment. I think issue six just came out. Ace. Okay, so you might need to take a pinch of salt. This is a, a conglomerate of The Wrong Earth and Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man. I must admit, for a small publisher, not doing themselves a lot of favours by keep changing names. I would sort of I, pick one and stick. Really confused me the fact that the, the the Wrong Earth came first and we all loved it, and then Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man is like a prequel to the Wrong Earth. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was a whilst it was a really good addition, uh, good addition to the storyline and nice extra volume to have. I think it's then confused matters by going, but we're continuing the Wrong Earth. Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man ended on a cliffhanger as well. So you've got two series on two cliffhangers with the same bloody characters. It's not been very well served by its publishing sort of order. No, indeed. I hope I hope that that sort of clears up because it's a it's a series that I think would attract a lot of fans of um, superhero comics and sort of anti-superhero comics as well um, yeah yeah my other choices really were just things we've spoken about recently mm. assassination yeah kids. Like, i just think that they were perhaps too recent to bring to the table for today yeah it was what kind of stopped me like i say talking about like um a couple of books that i won't mention because i can't now because i'd feel like cheating if i had another round of honor <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, uh, good, good books. Thank you, sir. Angela, round us off. Well, I had a really hard time because there's a lot of books I've really liked who have trades coming out or just come out. So honorable mention, honorable mention <laughs> is how this is going to go. Scout's honor. You know why? Yep. Um, Jules Verne's lighthouse. Um, you should know why. Um, it's really good. But the one that I think I'll pick out the most is probably the one because it has a message, and I think messages are important, which is Home, which is the story of a young Colombian immigrant and his mother, um, and he has powers. Um, I'm not... I don't think that it ends as well as some of the other books that we've discussed because it is sort of a five issues and done thing. I think there is more to explore there. I can easily see it getting a sequel of some sort. Um, I think it's probably needed. It, On the one hand, it doesn't wrap up neatly, but then again, real life doesn't wrap up neatly. Um, and I do admire it for that because it is a hard read at times. It will make you very, very angry at the American immigration system. It will make you look at the UK immigration system and get pissed off also. Um but it is a really, I think it's an important story. The writer is Latino. So again, you, you want to, those voices need to be in comics as well as, you know, old white dudes. Um, <laughs> so I think it's important to have some diversity. The artist on its woman. Um, so, yeah, I just think home it might not satisfy you entirely at the end. I was satisfied in the fact that I was unsatisfied, which sounds really bizarre, but I think it's a really important story. It's a story of our times and it's something that I think bears reading just for that reason. 
In terms of an ongoing, I've kind of, there's the good Asian, which isn't an ongoing because it's a 10 issue limited, which is why I didn't pick it as an ongoing because it's going to end. It's really, really good though. Angela's getting into some technicalities here that I think um, would disqualify all of us. Um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very precise. I mean, will end at um, some point. But the actual ongoing that I'm going to honourably mention properly, um, because I have to, because if I don't, um, the devil comes and collects my soul, which is Exo Man of War, which is valid. Ah, yeah. <laughs> because, I, you know, I'm contractually obligated. Um it's a really good run. Um, Valiant at the moment makes me sad because um, stuff gets dropped and picked up and then dropped. Savage was really good for four issues. There's no sign of that coming back. Ninjax had a whole change of creative artist on there and it's four issues and we're not getting it again until 2022. The only actual ongoing that Valiant have put out that has survived past four issues um, recently has been EXO. It's a really good run of EXO. I've enjoyed it. Um, it's at the point where every issue I read, I need the next one yesterday because it's it's it sort of I need to know what happens. Um, so yeah, I have to mention Valiant because that's my thing. Um, so yeah, that's my honourable mention for an ongoing. Great! It warms my heart to say that something at Valiant's going well. Yeah, something is. It's probably the only thing. Right now. <laughs> they are putting out to give them their due. They're putting out good books. But there's a lot of stuttering, like Ninjak, the last issue of Ninjak actually changes artist after four pages. Oh no. It's oh. not it's not it's not good. Um so yeah, I, I worry for Valiant. If you're listening, Valiant, I wish you all the best. Please, please hang on in there. Um but yeah, it's they don't really have ongoings like they used to. Long gone are the days when we had a fifty issue run of EXO, so who knows? Maybe this will. I doubt. This this could be the one, Angela. I live in hope. I live in hope that Vendetti's run will be equaled, but who's to say? It's a bloody good question, if you ask me. Hmm. I think we're all, to say. all very good honourables, but I think also good choices for the main list. I think, I think we've had some good shows today. Um... I like to think that someone will listen to this and go get into some of these comics and will one day, you know, write to us a nice letter to thank us. Will it not be an email? Because they'll probably. No, I'm going to set up a PO box. <laughs> <laughs> set up Fair a enough. pigeon stall on my roof and I shall receive <laughs> post that way. Postcards on an answer. Answers on a postcard too. Yeah, so postcards on an answer. <laughs> postcards yeah. on an answer. Hoping no one noticed that. Um, so we will be back in two weeks time for our september indie comics roundup baby i was just thinking i mean if we go back in time yes but if we're going forward see time before time has just ruined everything the timeline's broken now so (laughs) so to, to uh, repeat what I just accurately said, we will be back in two weeks' time for our October roundup um, of the indie comics, in which we'll, we will be rounding up the indie comics of October. Some of them, <laughs> Some of them at the very least. Um, 
And unless anyone else has got anything to add, I think that's us for the week. Yeah. Certainly feels like it. We're Jolly good. good. So we have been Angela, Matt, Will and Zach, collectively bigger than capes, and we will continue to be. And remember that comics are bigger, bigger than, than capes. Mess. That was terrible. Awful. Bigger that. than capes. <laughs> capes. <laughs>